Thanks for checking out the Anchor Faith Message Podcast from St. Augustine, Florida. Now enjoy this message. Amen. Well, we're talking about the beginning and the end. And um, so we're talking about the kingdom of God. And uh, this is our second installment. If you didn't, uh, weren't here with us last week, you can jump online and go back and listen to that. We release Sunday's messages on Thursday. Uh, we are not like a lot of churches that do live feeds of their services. Uh, if you want live, you have to be here. Um, but we do want to make it available to people because, you know, I'm uh, finding out more and more of how many people are actually tuned in to what's going on here at Anchor Faith Church. Uh, we are larger than what you look around and see. I just want you to know that. Um, we are definitely uh, ministering the word to multiple nations and a lot of states, even within the United States. Uh, so it's really exciting. The things that you are hearing are not commonly preached. And um, so with that being said, and why is that? We just endeavor to love God and know him. Paul said, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Okay. But Paul said this, I want to know him. And the reality is, is a lot of times when we uh, come into the kingdom of God, we get born again. That's the most people know about God. And really all they know is that they know he saved them. Um, but that's not really knowing somebody. You know, you can get saved from drowning and not know the person who saved you. I mean, my sister actually donated a kidney to an individual, felt led of the Lord to do it, met the individual. Okay. But they really don't know each other. So in that person's mind, she saved him because she donated her kidney. But the reality is he doesn't really know who she is. He doesn't walk with her, talk with her, spend time with her all the time. Are you hearing me? So just because Jesus saves us doesn't mean we know him. Paul said, I want to know him. You think, well, man, you're saved. Don't you know him? There's more to know. And why is it that we as believers, if we don't watch out, quit being hungry for God? Well, it's because unfortunately we get inserted in the middle of something or in, or in, in something that's already started, um, a plot that has happened. And the next thing you know, we want to exit before it's over. And that's kind of how it is with the Bible, right? So, um, and what do I mean by that? Well, Revelations 22, verses 13, verse 13 said, Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. The problem is we, most of us don't know the beginning. And I'm talking about most of us, I'm talking about Christians, those who profess that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the grave, okay? And that three days later he was raised from the dead. They don't know the beginning. That's not the beginning, that's a work that took place because something happened other than the beginning. And then they don't know the end. Uh, and Jesus says, I'm the, the first, the last, the beginning and the end. So we want to know the whole Bible all the way through. That's why it's very important for you. If you haven't picked up our Bible reading plan, you should do so and read it cover to cover. I was over there praying before I came up um, for service today. And I said, now, Holy Spirit, you cause all things to come to our remembrance that Jesus has said. And I want to remind you that I have read the Bible cover to cover 18 years and I'm on my 19th time. Amen. 19th year. And all the other things that I read in between, just reading it cover to cover. 
So I know the words in me and you can pull it up at any time and give it to my mind so that I can speak it out clearly to your people. So I'm by faith believing that you can pull any scripture necessary beyond the ones that I have on paper today. Amen. Aren't you glad he's the beginning and the end? But most of us are living within Romans 5, 17 and 19, where it says this, for if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one. Death reigned through the one. Verse 18, so then, as through one transgression, there resulted condemnation to all men. And then verse 19, for as through the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. In essence, we live in the fall. And so the belief system is centered around the fall itself, but not what happened prior to it. Well, where is the fall? Well, we know it's in Genesis chapter three, starting in verse one, it says this. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, indeed, has God said that you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent from the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God said, which is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God said, you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, you surely will not die. For God knows that in the day that you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Then the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise. She took from it its fruit and ate. And she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. They heard the sound of the Lord walking, the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of, of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And that's the same question he's asking humanity today. Where are you? Now, this is called the fall. We know this. And the reality is, if we're living for God from Genesis 3 to Revelation 20, that's our belief system. It's like going to a movie 20 minutes in and then leaving before it ends. I'm going to give you one. Um, now, this is an old movie. I'm not recommending it. Okay. Uh, it's not, you know, something that everyone in here couldn't see. It's super old. I was six years old when I saw this movie. Six. I'm 53 today. That tells you how old the movie is, okay? Anyway, went with this girl's mom. We sat in the back seat on the way to the movies. This is crazyville. Went to the movie. Mom sat beside us. She let me hold her daughter's hand in the movie. Parents do not do this. You awaken too much stuff at a young age. Don't do it. So we start watching this movie. Now, I was there at the beginning, but this movie was called Poltergeist. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, oh, well. It's about a neighborhood being bare, uh, built on a graveyard. Okay? Now, it was a... PG movie. I don't even know if PG-13s were out then, to be honest with you. Uh, maybe it was PG-13. I can't remember. That's a pretty long time ago. But with that being said, we were watching it. Now, if I had come into this movie at a particular time when things were getting crazy, right? 
then, you know, I wouldn't have known why things were crazy. But I'll never forget that little lady that they brought to the house. And she did her little stuff, you know, and it had a lot of stuff, hair flying and stuff. And the next thing you know, she says, this house is clean. I wanted to believe her because I was six years old with this, you know, fifth grader on my side right here, trying not to break her hand, but I'm holding on to the other side like I'm going to rip this theater seat handle off, man. You know, you can't act scared, but I wasn't a big fan of it all at the end of the day. Um, I mean, I ran out of Jaws, just to let y'all know. Now, technically, I wasn't supposed to be in Jaws. <laughs> I went with some cousins when we were in Lakeland, and they did. No, 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 that was Alien. I ran out of Alien. I didn't run out of Jaws. Jaws, I had nightmares for quite a few times. Alien. We shouldn't have been in that movie. It was Ray Lar. We should not have been in that movie. Snuck in. And so, you know, I made it to the part where the guy, you know, started having some challenges with what's on the inside. And I have my Coke and my milk duds right here. My sister, my cousin sitting there. I'm like, I handed my Coke and my milk duds to my sister and I walked out. I was gone. <laughs> I can't handle this. <laughs> this is way too much for this little young kid, right? <laughs> but if I had left the movie at This House is Clean, I would have assumed it was done. But we know she was a liar. She was a liar. And it got worse instead of better, right? And so people are living their whole belief system about Jesus in only portions of the Bible. And the minute you begin to set your whole belief system on things that are, don't start, hadn't start from the start, and then you think that it's over. You know how many believers think it's over the minute the trumpet sounds? It's over. And it's not even over. I mean, we're going to pop up to heaven and you're going to expect someone to say, this house is clean. And then after seven years, the Lord's going to say, well, we're going back. Going back where? To the earth. What do you mean we're going back to the earth? We're in heaven with you forever. No, we're going back. But there's still people down there in sin. Yeah, we're going back. The devil's still down there. Yeah, I'm going to take care of him for about a thousand years. We're going back. But when you don't know, read 21 and 22 and you don't uh, understand things going on in the prophets concerning that particular time frame, you think it's all over when the trap sounds. But we sing. I've read the back of the book and we win. But they actually hadn't read the back of the book. Because <laughs> most of them hadn't even read the book. <laughs> I'm not going to have a show of hands here of how many have not read it. Because the majority of you have. A lot of you have been with us for years. But in this Genesis chapter 3, we see a few things. And the first thing that we see in verse 1 is that you had the serpent, Adam and Eve, in the garden, no sin. So the serpent's existence didn't change the environment. Didn't change it. It was the choice of Adam that changed the environment. 
So again, if Adam had never eaten a fruit, where would he be today? He'd be right here on this planet because God said that in, unless, you know, you can eat of any tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for the day you eat, you'll surely die. So if he never eats it, by all rights, he doesn't die. Which means then God's first man he ever created was, was not singing when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing it will be. That song never would have existed. In fact, when sin did enter the planet, God still came down. And that was his custom. Adam was not trying to get to God. God always came to him. Hallelujah. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? So it will change your perspective when all your belief system of Jesus is about where am I going to go when I die? Because that's not the gospel. Jesus never asked a public crowd, do you know where you're going to go when you die? He never did it. Not one time. But he did talk about what the beginning was. He said, let me talk to you about the kingdom. There is a reign that exists still to this day. It was upon this planet. It functioned and operated at a high level. It was d destined for, for humanity. But the reality is they've been cut off and I've come to restore that. I said, I've come to restore that. Jesus never asked his disciples to come to heaven with him. In fact, when he said to pray, it was opposite. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, done on, Earth. not Lord, get them there, take them home. In fact, Jesus in John chapter 17 says, Lord, I pray that you protect them from the evil one. Uh, I'm not asking you to take them out of the earth. He literally says that. I'm not asking you to take them out. Yet all, most believers have a belief system of Jesus. I can't wait till I go. Now, should we respect, should we expect and be excited about the redemption that's drawing nigh, meaning the catching away of the church, this time that Jesus will return to be able to catch us away for a uh, celebration, a awards banquet. That's what it is, okay? That's what that is, it's an awards banquet. You know, we have all these banquets on the planet where people are getting all kinds of Oscars and Emmys, you know, and everybody's celebrating, that's, that, that's nothing compared to the award banquet that God's going to throw in heaven for his saints only to get them the job descriptions they're going to have when they return to the earth with him during a millennial reign. Amen. So while you're working so hard on your 401k in retirement on a planet that's temporary, that you have a temporary existence the way you live now, I'm working on mine that's in that's going to be given to me in heaven when the Lord says, this is what I'm going to task you with when you come back to the planet. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I'm, I'm into investments of a bigger scale. <laughs> so we learned then in the fall that the most dangerous word in the kingdom is independence. 
because Adam went against what God said. He said, did you eat the fruit I, I commanded you not to eat? The minute he took the thought to be independent and acted on it, death came into it. So the second most dangerous word in a kingdom is rebellion. Now, the problem with independence is, is that we love that word in the United States. It's part of our national identity. Amen. And it serves you a good point to want to be independent in the context. And the, the goal was, is that you would have control of your personal life to be able to make it what you want it to be made. Well, God gave you the right to be able to have your personal life be what you want it to be in him. Because if you'll do it his way, because he is life, any choice outside of God's word is death. Every time Adam ate a fruit from a tree that was not from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he stayed in the existence of life. Every time. Every time he functioned on the planet, everything he put his hand to prospered. Everything he did had life put on it. But the minute he ate the fruit that God said not to, everything he touches now is dying, is withering. It's not going to last. It won't be sustainable. Can't be sustainable. The only thing sustainable is the word that comes from God. And so we see then that when independence took hold of him through his rebellion, I want to be like God. Not that he wasn't already like God because God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So he was already like God. He wanted to be God himself, which is exactly what the serpent deceived him and he tried to do. You're like, well, why'd the serpent come in the first place? Because he has the same agenda. In Isaiah chapter 14, he said, I will ascend my throne above the most high. This is the anointed cherub. The King James calls him Lucifer. The New Testament calls him Satan or the devil. And he wanted to overthrow God's throne and have a throne higher. Thrones are in kingdoms, not religions. But Jesus said in Matthew, he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. He was overthrown. His rebellion did not work. His independence that showed up because of his pride to want to be, take over the right and rule that the creator gave him the created. Are you hearing me? He wanted to take that over. God cast him out. So obviously when he comes to the planet earth and he sees Adam, he's thinking that looks a lot like God. So what rule does he have? And he took that rule. Now, there's some other things we could add here, but it doesn't really. Uh, there's some layers of speculation there and there, it isn't worth me commenting on uh, entirely. But he definitely wanted the rule that Adam was given according to Genesis 1:26. Let us make men in our image according to our likeness and let them rule or have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky over all the cattle, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth and over all the earth, right? And so he, he receives that from him the day he eats the fruit. And he takes 
rulership. And man immediately is still subject. Isn't that interesting? That man's only position to rule is when he stayed submissive to God. He had a different power. But the minute he gave that away, he was even lower. Now he's made a slave. In God's kingdom, he was a king. In the devil's domain, he's a slave. I said he's a slave. And the enemy always wants to paint the picture that you'll have more power with him. You got, you'll have more power. You can do what you want to do. You're, you're free. Be free from all this. Only to put you in bondage. Hallelujah. Amen. So it was never God's plan ever in the beginning to establish a thing called religion. And religion exists in Genesis 3. The first concept of religion is birth in Genesis 3 because the Bible tells us that the minute he ate the fruit in verse 7, that both of their eyes were open and they knew they were naked. So what did they do? They grabbed leaves and tried to cover themselves. And religion is an attempt to cover shame, guilt, condemnation. Because Adam and Eve both know the inevitable is about to happen. God's going to show up someday here. Now, it was his practice to come often. In fact, it would more, be more likely for us to know that he probably came on a daily basis. And so they covered themselves, but once he stepped in the garden, even what they did to try to make themselves presentable to the creator caused such fear to come upon them because of their condition now, the position that they're now in, they still ran and hid behind trees. Are you hearing me? And man's been hiding behind religion the rest of the time. God destined man to rule and be in a kingdom, but sin created a thing called religion. Are you hearing me? And so religion's a problem because religion is man-made and religion means to search. And in essence, Adam went to work to try to figure out how he could be in the presence of God. He was searching for a way to get back to God in one sense. Or at least to be able to stand in his presence. Are you hearing me? So, with that being said, Matthew chapter 15, verse 3, it says this. This is why Jesus addressed this. He said, and he's talking to religious people. These are people who had the law of Moses and the prophets' writings, both major and minor prophets. And he answered and said to them, why do you yourselves transgress the command of God for the sake of your tradition? We could say here for your religion. Why are you using my word and interpreting it in a way like you're sowing fig leaves and that it's supposed to be presentable to me? And this was those who actually had access to God's word because the other nations 
The Bible calls them heathen nations. These are nations outside of the covenant of God. They were searching for God their own way, and they had many names for their gods and statues. In fact, every nation today has religion. Do you know even being an atheist is religious? Because religion is to search or to have a belief. So the minute you believe there is no God, that's a belief. And why do people want to believe there's no God? Because they do not want to have consequences for their actions. Amen. We live and we die. That's it. Nothing more. Well, I know you want to believe that. I know you want to profess that. But one day they'll find out that that's just not true. Are you hearing me? There are others that know there is something out there. There's some God somewhere, but the reality is his name's Jesus. Are you hearing me? So let's look at a comparison of religion versus kingdom. Religion preoccupies man until he finds the kingdom because you're constantly searching. But once you see the kingdom, your search is over. Now, that doesn't mean you won't seek the kingdom. But you'll be in that which you know what works. Number two, religion is what man does until he finds the kingdom. And that's all of man. You know, there are some people who are religious about their work. They are devoted to it. They'll sacrifice their families for it. Okay. Hallelujah. Now, again, if you've been at Anchor Faith Church for a little bit, right? Some of you, you know where we're going. So let's pull. Let's believe. Amen. Because I talked to a couple before service today and said, what you preached last night took the scales off our eyes. Last week. Last week. Amen. And if you don't watch out, even though you know the kingdom, you can put religion back on you. Amen. Number three, religion prepares man to leave earth, but the kingdom empowers man to dominate earth. How do you know if you're living a kingdom in existence? You're not trying to get out of here. I'm not trying to get out of here. I mean, because here's the thing. If Jesus blows the trumpet, I'm gone. No problem. I know the minute I leave my body, I'll be present with the Lord who's presently in heaven. I know that. But I'm not trying to get there. I'm not even hoping and wishing. I'm like, what's my assignment now? What do I do today? What's your will for me now in the earth? So that your kingdom will be seen through me here. Because there's too many people that don't know the kingdom I'm in. But religion will prepare you to leave the earth. All you're thinking about is going. Can't wait to get there. Wish you were there now. Wish you could leave this place. Boy, you hate this place. You think you hate sin more than God? Do you think you hate sin more than God? No. 
But yet he brought an answer during one of the darkest times on the planet. I mean, can, you, we can't even imagine what it was like when Jesus came. Because up to John the Baptist, nobody was even talking for 400 years. The word of God is not even being proclaimed by a prophet. There's no, no word directly coming from heaven into the planet all that time. I mean, as a believer, you know, if you quit reading the word and coming to church, you know how fast your flesh will get resurrected? How all of a sudden you'll start thinking ways you used to think and acting ways you used to act and talking ways you used to talk and looking for those options to try to take care of yourself. And you're born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. You got to stay connected to the life source. You have to have it because if you don't, you will be religious. Number four, religion focuses on heaven. The kingdom focuses on the earth. I, I've coined this and I've said it in many places now. And, and I'm like, wow, that's, that's just amazing that we've reduced Jesus Christ to a religion. Because we're presenting him like every other religion presents their religion. Where are you going to go when you die? Don't think that's not what Islam's asking. Do you know what you're going to have when you die? Because your actions here will determine what you get in the next life. Same thing with Hinduism. All the religions of the world, they're asking the question, where are you going to go when you die? What kind of quality of life are you having afterwards? Yet the kingdom says this ain't about where you go when you die. It's about having that place that does, isn't seen in the natural come and take up its residence in you and you pull the unseen into the scene right here to begin a life with God now. That death's not my question now because I'm living life. To be absent from my body is not my number one focus. Number five, religion is reaching up to God. The kingdom is God coming down to man. And boy, that's different when you realize God is doing everything he can to be with you. In fact, if you just read scripture in each dispensation, we see that number one, when God creates the heavens in Genesis 1 and 2, it's perfect. There's no sin on the planet. He has a man and a woman there. He comes down in the cool of the, he comes down in the cool of the day. I mean, by all rights, Adam and Eve without sin could have came up to heaven, no problem. But they weren't translating up there. God was coming down here. Then even after man fell, he would still come down and have conversations. He would show up in some form to talk. And they're cut off from him. And then he would go to another form where he created a covenant with the nation. And he says, okay, I'm going to write my, uh, a law that you, that you can see how we are supposed to live. And then I'm going to do sacrifices so that I can get even closer. Then he comes down on the mountain. He would show up with fire and a sacrifice. He would come as a cloud in the tent. He would then start to come upon people. He would come upon the prophet, the priest, and the king. His anointing would start showing up. And then Jesus shows up. It's God in the flesh. His name's Emmanuel. God 
not God of who we're going to see when we die. Then Jesus, because of the work he did, he causes us to become a new creature in Christ. Then he sends the Holy Spirit and guess where he dwells? In you. You are now the temple of the Holy Ghost. And all we do is talk about when we all get to heaven. Like somehow we're going to be closer. He's like, I moved in. I mean, how close can I get? I moved in with you. You wake up, I'm there. You brush your teeth, I'm there. No matter where you are, I'm there. Now, if you'll listen to me, we can have a lot of good conversations. Because, you know, you can be in the room with somebody and not be. That's why a lot of husband-wife relationships are no good, because you're in the same room, same bed, same bathroom, but there's no relationship. Because you're not communing. And God lives in us. I talked to him this morning. I'm listening to him right now, actually. <laughs> Amen. So religion is reaching up to, to God, but the kingdom is God coming down to man. Number six, God, religion wants to escape earth, but the kingdom wants to influence and change the earth. Listen, we saw last week in Daniel that this rock that's made without hands is coming to the planet and has. He's the chief cornerstone. And the idol that King Nebuchadnezzar saw, that rock will hit the, the, the feet of that idol and blow every one of those different governments, because they were all different governments, away. That they're like chaffed of wheat. They're just blown away like dust, gone. And the only remain was that rock that then grew into a large mountain and took over the whole earth. We are in a government global takeover. Because this has always been about a kingdom. I'll come back to some more. Religion seeks to take earth to heaven, but the kingdom seeks to bring heaven to earth. And man, when you read Revelation 21, when he says, I'll create a new heaven and a new earth. Why are we getting another planet if we're going to live in heaven forever? And then it says the new Jerusalem will come down out of heaven to the earth. I mean, it's in the Bible. But most believers believe that I'll be up there with him forever. <laughs> I remember Pastor Mike and I were working with a saint that just hated that, you know, I would say, you know, talk about the earth. And he's like, man, listen, everyone's been saying we're going to heaven. You're going against the ground. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm going with the Bible. So we sat down and had a meeting. And I said, what does that say? New heaven and new? I didn't say that. The Bible says that. I mean, you're upset at me, but I, the Bible says that. The new Jerusalem's doing what? He, well, I just believe then the earth will be heaven. Well, you can believe that, but God called it earth. Nonetheless. Now, I can agree to be heaven on earth. So really, what's the problem? Now, if you want to be in heaven and God's not up there, then that's with you. That's between you and him. <laughs> but since he's coming to the earth and going to live here, 
God, if you read the back of the book, actually lives here. How crazy. I just choose to stay with the Bible. How about you? Yeah. See, what we've done, because we've focused so much on our condition, this is the problem. Religion focuses on your condition. You know, it's crazy because we say this all the time. We say, you know, well, um, you know, um, God, you know, only he could do, only he could do, only he could do, only he could do. And there's things only he could do. But we stay tied up in what we still can and can't do. We are constantly looking at us. So Jesus addresses us in his preaching just like John did. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In essence, repentance is not even a religious word. It means change your thinking. That's what that means. Change your thinking. One translation says it this way, side with my party. And that would be more accurate because, again, we know that Jesus came to set up a government, not a religion. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, for those who weren't here with us last week, it says a child will be born, a son will be given. Who is that child? Who is that son? His name's Jesus. It says, and the government will rest on his shoulders, not new religion called Christianity. Christianity is not in competition with all other religions. Because Jesus never came to establish Christianity. He came to establish the kingdom. Now, you can be a Christian if you will be the definition of Christian, which means Christ-like. That's what that means. But if you want to hold to Christianity more than the kingdom of God, you're going to find yourself in a religion and not as a citizen. And Jesus knew, repent. You're going to have to change your thinking. The way, you, the way you've been living, functioning under your five senses is not how this kingdom functions. You are never designed to function by sight. You are only designed to function at the word of the king. You are always functioned to live by faith. What is faith? Faith uh, comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. It's a firm persuasion on the word God has spoken. And here's the thing about our king. When he speaks, he does. And his words are life. I said they're life. They, they cause us to live. What did Peter say? He said, Jesus, where are we going to go? You have words of life. And so we were always destined and designed by God to be able to live out his word that would produce life in everything we did. And that is a perpetual faith existence. Living at the word of the king, living at the word of the king, living at the word of the king. But the minute man fell from dominion, his spirit man died. He got cut off to the ability to hear God, and he had to live by what he saw. That's why he covers himself with trees, leaves. He started taking natural things to try to make himself look holy when God shows up. And that's religion. I said, that's religion. But God never came to give you a religion. He didn't say, repent, for I am Christ and I want you to be a Christian. <laughs> don't be, don't follow Baal. <laughs> no, the king is coming. See, repentance focuses on the nature of man, but the kingdom focuses on the purpose of man. 
Jesus says, listen, I need to get you off yourself and I need to get you over in the kingdom, which is your purpose. I've come to make you a king. I've come to crown you again. <laughs> Jesus didn't come to take us to heaven. He came to crown us. I said he came to crown us. Because by all rights, if you're born again, you are born of God. You are children of God. And if God is king, then his offsprings are kings. That's why he's the king of? Who are those kings? Put your crown on then and wear it. Walk in your authority while you're on the planet. Are you hearing me? Because the world needs to see why we were born in the first place. Why we were created. Why we exist. Hallelujah. Quit being religious about Jesus. But you know why Jesus is a religious figure? It's because we assimilate him and the Bible into our government. Let me tell you, the devil knows this isn't about religion. And he doesn't even waste his time in the temptation of Christ to try to get Jesus to bow to Baal, Molech, any of the gods that Rome had that were leftovers from the Greek empire. There's no account in the temptations of Christ where he's trying to get him to read some other religious book. <laughs> oh, but he can sure work over a, a human and keep them in religion. Look what he did to our king. In Luke chapter four, starting in verse one, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit into the wilderness. This is after he got baptized by John in the Jordan River. The Holy Ghost came upon him and he received the Holy Spirit without measure. And the very first thing the Holy Ghost does once he comes upon Jesus and, it, it, and gives him power. You hear what I'm saying? Jesus doesn't even start preaching till the Holy Ghost came upon him. And this is a man who didn't know any sin. This is a man who was sinless up to this point. He doesn't even start doing the work of his father till he's full of the Holy Ghost. But religion has duped Christians to think they just only need to be born again and not be full of the Holy Ghost and power to be effective. So it says for 40 days being tempted of the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they had ended, he became hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God... Now, that is identity. Because in the previous, you know, chapter or occasion, when John baptized him and he came out of the water, what took place? Heavens opened up and the father said, this is my beloved son. Now, that's who, what did the father call him? Son. son. Now, what's the devil saying? If you are. You know how many people come down to the altar, ask Jesus to come into their heart, walk out and the devil says, now, are you really saved? You know, you're still no good. You know, you should just be lucky you're in. And they live their whole existence just feeling lucky they're in. Because he'll tie you up in religion so fast about Jesus, you're just a sorry sinner saved by grace, man. I mean, one day you'll get there. One day you will. But it's tough down here. And you know what? The Lord's teaching you all these things now that, you're, now that you gave your life to him. He's got to teach you all kind of stuff. He'll put your sickness on you to teach you things. He'll make life hard to teach you things. I mean, he's just trying to beat you up all the time. You know, you're still a victim. Yeah. 
you're still stuck. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You're not coming to hell where they say I'm going. But you know what? At the end of the day, you're really no different than anybody else. And they live their whole lives religiously that way. And they'll stand before Jesus one time and they'll say, why didn't you pick up your crown while you were on the planet? <laughs> okay. And Jesus answered to him, if you are the son of God, tell, uh, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is. Jesus always responded with what? Because a king always talks for the king. Jesus set the example. As a man in the earth, I only speak what the Father says. <laughs> man shall not live on bread alone, but, out of every, but from every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, one translation says. Then he goes on and says this. Then he led him up and showed him all the what? Didn't show him religions. I said didn't show him religions. I mean, you're wasting your time going to a Muslim and trying to debate with him about your Christianity. Actually, Muslims have more of a kingdom concept than we do, which is sad. I mean, we want to get around all these other religions and try to convince them that ours are. You don't have to convince them. Just walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. They'll know they're missing something. Because when they meet you, they'll meet a nation. When you operate like an ambassador. Full of the Holy Ghost. You'll be able to say things that they, that they know only God would know. They, you'll be able to do things that only God can do. He showed them all the kingdoms of the world in a moment. The devil said, I will give. I will give you all this domain and this glory for it has what? Been handed over to me. Where did he get it? He got it from Adam. In the garden. He said, I can give it to whomever I wish. Now, here's the condition. Therefore, if you worship before me, it shall be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him. There's only one I bow to, and that's my father. I said, that's my father. Now, Jesus knows I'm taking it back anyway. Because dad has a plan for this. And he's talked about it, but you're ignorant and you don't know. Because the devil's dumb. He's intelligent in the context of deception. He can be very well versed in scripture. But he's a liar. And he does not, he does not fully understand the plan of God. If he had been that intelligent, he would have told humanity, don't touch the guy. Don't do it. Don't do anything to try to get him out of the planet. He's going to live forever. If he never dies, if we, if we never touch him, then he can never become a sacrifice. <laughs> he didn't know. No, he thought, I got to get this off the planet. He's messing with my domain. But on the third day. <laughs> I said on the third day, yes. amen. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. And then he went up and he found that devil 
and he spoiled principalities and powers in front of the whole realm of that domain, the, that, the, the, the devil and all who uh, uh, fell with him and that are a part of his domain. He stripped him of all that he had received from Adam and says, I'm the, I'm the second Adam, I'm the last Adam, I'm taking back what Adam gave to you, I get it, you illegally had me killed because the wages of sin is death and I didn't sin, I laid down my life freely, I played, paid the blood uh, or, or poured out my blood so that all humanity could be paid for once and for all, I'm taking back the dominion that Adam lost and I'll give it to whomever I wish who'll call on my name to be Lord. Amen. So he's a counterfeit king now. I said he's a counterfeit king now. And because of that, the whole earth, anything going on in the planet is only one thing, only one thing. And I'm going to unveil, I'm going to pull the veil off of it today. Everything going on in the planet today is trying to get back to the kingdom. Everything. Everything. You'll be able to clearly see anything going on today. Let me make this statement real quick because I think it will be important for us. Our modern democracies, because again, Jesus came not to establish a religion, but a government. The whole world, I'm talking those outside of the kingdom, they believe that government is the answer for humanity a new and better government. They're constantly trying to get a new and better government. Because the Lord knows there is only a government that is right for humanity, it's the kingdom. But today our modern democracy are attempts to achieve the goals of the perfect kingdom without the necessary raw material. And that's the Holy Spirit. That's man trying to figure it out. Every human heart is searching for a new and better world. Why do we have immigration problems, period? Anywhere globally, that is. Because the people leaving the nations they're in are looking for a new and better government. A place that will provide protection, security, opportunity, a better way of living. No one wants to stay in a nation where you have, are at risk of murdering unless you're the one murdering because that's how you rule, by fear. Are you hearing me? You dominate everyone because you think you're the best for humanity. Well, where did that thinking come from? Well, the devil thought he could do it better than the creator. So the minute a person says, I know how to rule you better than you can rule yourself. Because God gave man dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the sky, over the cattle, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, over all the earth. He never gave him dominion over other humans. So this is why we struggle with natural governments anyway, because we were never supposed to elect a leader or submit to a leader that's in human form like us. 
We were only supposed to submit to God and we would live at harmony with one another, respecting each other's kingship and functioning as the king, our king, God the Father, instructed us to so that then we would live at harmony with one another. There is a desire for global peace and Jesus will bring it. He will bring it. So the number one problem of our modern world is religion because most governments that are set up, and I could pull up a couple of my historians here and let you know that, the, that all governments, if you study history, there is a religious component to the formation of that government. More conflicts exist between governments over religion over religion. What's our conflict with China? Religion. Because China doesn't believe in a God. They believe in government. And the ones in power believes they're the one that you should worship. And they know how to do it best, not only for their nation, but really for the whole world. Because to their nation on TikTok, they're showing scientists mathematicians, they're constantly keeping things in front of their young people to cause them to rise. But that same app over in the U.S. pushes degradation of man, entertainment, so that the, our young people are enamored by entertainment and loses hours. Oh, y'all don't, okay, that's fine. Hours. I understand young people like, oh, he's going to take my app away. I'm not taking your app away. That's your parents' responsibility, and maybe they'll get wise here in a minute. I mean, we're sitting at a restaurant giving our children video programming and not saying, sit up straight. No, you're not going to act like this. Because don't you understand that the world is not here to entertain you? Because let me tell you, God's not going to be an entertainer. He's not going to, when you go to heaven, you are going to go to God shows where the angels are going to be doing choruses and dancing, right? They'll be dancing, but they're not for our entertainment. God's not going to be there to entertain us, do magic shows. <laughs> This is the state of the earth. The state of the earth, number one, the kingdoms of this world are helpless. They're helpless. I mean, our own nation who has thrived is in trouble. In trouble. I mean, think about our nation alone. We have more universities, more opportunities for education, more hospitals. More opportunities for jobs. And again, if you don't believe that, it's because you never left the, the United States and you're ta listening to talking heads. You are no different than your children looking at TikTok or YouTube shorts. Shorts are not shorts, but little one 30 second clips that they go 15 hours watching different things. You're no different with your 
news media outlets and your social media outlets. I mean, people want me to believe some guy or woman on the TV talking about a subject. Like that's happening everywhere. Yet when I say, well, I, I went to the word and talked to the Lord, they, they think that's crazy. You'll read it in a newspaper and tell half the people. You'll read it on a social media clip about, you know, oppression and justice, you know, uh, health care system, you know, uh, job, joblessness, you know, all these issues and then repost them, never verifying whether they're even true or not. Not even backing a source. But all those are attempts to try to push narratives of how we believe things would be better instead of, well, how would God think things were better? The majority of movements today are taking cancer on a person's body that's visible, cutting it off, but not getting to the root of what keeps feeding the cancer. At the end of the day, they're not doing it. Pastor, you don't believe there's a racism problem? Yes, there's a thing in the earth called sin. And if you think racism is only a confined to a particular shade of color, that is not true. Because racism by definition isn't, doesn't have a color associated with it. In fact, I know some people in this room that on the outward side would qualify as someone that is being, um, racism is being projected on, but because they hold a different belief, even the people that they look like throw them out. Because their belief now doesn't line up. I mean, if you really want to get down to the root of issues, because the world is looking at trying to make things a particular way. But all they're doing is looking for the kingdom. I mean, we have more bachelor and master degree people, but we still have broke. We have more broken homes today. We are the, the most educated society on the planet with the most broken homes, fatherless and motherless generations being raised by uh, really corporate and governments are raising our children now. Schools are putting in books that are indoctrinating your kids from the university all the way down to the elementary level. Kingdoms of the world are helpless. We have global, uh, globalization makes us all interdependent. I mean, the minute one place shuts down, it begins to shut everything down. And man, if you didn't see this during COVID. I mean, if we've ever been in a position of a one world government, we are. And here's the thing. Don't be afraid of one world government. Yes. Will the Antichrist develop a one world government at some juncture? Sure. But he's only trying to model Jesus because Jesus will have a one world government right here. And the only thing that will exist in the new heaven and the new earth is one world government. It's called the kingdom of God. 
Governments are helpless. I mean, do you know how much money the United States sends over to nations? Why is Haiti not better than it is today? I actually went by the Clinton Project when I was in Haiti. It's these um, apartment homes. There's rows of them, unfinished. That when an earthquake hit and it devastated the nation, millions came over. Construction started so the political heads could walk around and say, look what we're doing. Yet, I've been there and it's not finished. Where's the rest of the money? I mean, every time you see something going in another nation, you know how quick we're like, what are we going to do? Well, the first question we need to ask, Lord, what do you want us to do? Because we don't handle diplomacy right. And I'm going to preach on the diplomat. It has come up in my spirit like something fierce. And maybe this is a, um, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Then Kingdom Rise. I'm going to minister on the diplomat and Kingdom Rise. Uh, I'm telling you, we can really take uh, a real strong uh, uh, position in the earth as diplomats from the kingdom of God and really open some doors and close some doors. But we need to understand how that functions because the governments are helpless. They're helpless. We're watching one nation be invaded by another nation. The world's just watching it. But the question is, should we help? Should we get involved in every conflict? Because it's obviously the more money you put somewhere, it doesn't change it. We have went in as the United States and taken people out of government positions, incorporated a whole nother government that ultimately could not stand. Because if you don't change the mind of people, you don't change the people. If you don't change your hearts. And we know this by the nation of Israel. Because, you know, the nation of Israel, we basically made the, the Egyptian exodus, you know, this religious story. And, I, and don't get me wrong, there's a type and shadow. I don't have a problem with you were in bondage, right? You were under the control of another nation. Or, you know, I would preach it that way. But, you know, you were in sin, right? And then God came and, de- and delivered you. Moses is Jesus. He took you through his blood, the Red Sea, and took you to the other side. Now, the problem is he didn't take you to the other side. He was taking you to the promised land, but many people hung out in the wilderness. And the majority of believers live in the wilderness, Now, here's the thing. We get a whole generation that dies in the wilderness and we get a group that goes into the promised land, but they still hadn't changed their thinking either. Because the minute Joshua dies, they do what their parents did that died in the wilderness. They started. So the real context of Egypt's deliverance was God saying, I'm taking you out of religion. Because God's attack on Egypt was every God they served. In essence, he was trying to communicate to his nation. This is not about religion. All these things these people worship, he he used his plagues to show that those gods don't work. That I'm going to make a nation. I had a promise with Abraham, who's the father of many nations, not religions. 
and Isaac and Jacob who became Israel and you're the 12 tribe. Now you're the nation of Israel and I'm gonna pull a nation out of religion. And now you're gonna be a holy nation separated to me. I'm your God and I'm gonna fight your battles. All you gotta do is follow me. And no matter where we go, I'm gonna take you into a land. I'll tell you how to do it. Just do what I say and we'll conquer it all. But what did they do? They brought their religion. They kept their belief systems. And many believers are keeping their old belief system. I can't do nothing. I'm no good. I'm sorry. I'm not worthy of this. Look at how the world's oppressing us. We can't never get ahead. I got people worshiping the Republican Party. I got people worshiping the Democratic Party. I got people worshiping the Libertarian Party. I mean, worshiping. How do I know? Because they're givers. Now, I don't have a problem with you supporting a candidate. But at the end, there are more people that put more money into those things than they would ever give a church. Because, you know, we crooked anyway. We just want your money. Yep. Yep. Economics are imploding. Everybody is scrap, scratching and scrambling all over the place to try to save money for the rainy day. Well, if you say saving for a day that you believe is coming, it's coming. At the end of the day, you can't take a few examples in the scripture and make it like doctrine. Well, now he told Joseph, he told Joseph, famine's coming, here's your plan. He did, and now what Isaac, he said, Isaac, why didn't he tell Isaac? He didn't tell Isaac famine's coming. Isaac was in famine. And he's like, I hear there's work in Egypt. We're going to go over there. And the Lord says, son, you are not going over there. You're going to plant right here in this dirt, this place that there's no rain, this place where nobody's producing any fruit, you're going to stay here. You know what he didn't do? He didn't warn him years earlier to make sure you get you enough crops. Which tells Isaac wasn't saving for a rainy day. Now, you need to do what God tells you to do. I'm not, I'm just saying I choose to just follow God in every example. Meaning if he tells me to empty out my whole savings account, Done. Because he's already told me, store for yourself treasures in heaven. Now, how many of you got stuff in your heaven account? Most don't even know about kingdom economics because most can't even tithe. And if you can't even tithe, you're not even in it. Yet we trust Charles Schwab. Have you met him? Did he die for you? You're talking to all these financial advisors. People getting into cryptocurrency. You better have heard God. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you better hear God. I mean, Silicon Valley Bank just went under. Banks are falling apart. Nations' economics are falling apart. I mean, we were, we were like, our GDP not too long ago was like blowing nationally. Florida's definitely still fine. But there's inflation. I mean, that wasn't not so long ago. 
And how come there's all these ebbs and flows between all the different administrations that happen in the United States and different governors and mayors that show up? Because it's uncertain anyway. And we put our trust in what man says about money. But these are, these are futile attempts to try to have guarantors. Education is absolutely failing. Now, thank God that we have good school system here. But there's a reason why we have that. <laughs> but don't think it's not under attack. You know what? Our, our county can't get bus drivers. Y'all doing all right? Everybody wants you to get real till you're real, and I'm going to be real with you. We can't get any bus drivers. You know why? Because they don't want to drive the kids that are on it. All right. Education is failing. I mean, we still have parents today that will look at their children and say, now listen, you're going to get a college education. And never once say, what's God calling you to do? I mean, show me where Abraham had to get a degree. What university did Jesus go to? Because he sure didn't go to the scribes and Pharisee university. It's pretty corrupting. Now, I'm not saying you can't go to college. I'm just saying you got to know why. And if you think you're something because this piece of paper that you got hanging on your wall somewhere that's got a signature of a president you probably didn't even meet and don't even know what grades they had in school to get their doctorate. Oh, you don't want to hear. I mean, we're not even asking our own doctors, the medical ones. So how'd you do in medical school? Why are you in? Oh, we got to do a little questionnaire for you even touched me with your stethoscope, bro. Were you in a fraternity when you were in college? I just want to know right now. How many kegs did you drink? Was that before class, during class, or after class? How many women were you sleeping around with? Men, I don't know. Just tell me. Were you a fornicator? Did you actually take the tests? Can I get your GPA? Oh, I made a four. Then prove it. Give me your records. I mean, you're fixing to cut me open. I want to make sure you know what you're doing. You understand they call it practice for a reason. Well, that... We're going to practice on you. Huh? There's a new drug out. We're going to try it on you. It's done wonders in some people. Well, how many has it not done wonders in? But how much are you getting to give me this prescription? How much do you get? What contract does your hospital have with the pharmaceuticals? No, I'll just take the blood of Jesus and the stripes on his back. I'm good. Right now, again, I, I don't have a problem with doctors. I have a nutritionist I go to as well. They look at my blood work and they talk to me about things that, you know, my body needs based upon the blood work. And now I'm not putting drugs in me. <laughs> I'm putting natural things, but because I have the blood of Jesus, I read the word. It does good like a medicine. I take that prescription every day. 
My wife and I uh, had a little time to do a spa while we were in the Dominican Republic. We walked in and we told them their, our age. They go, wow, y'all sure do look young. I'm thinking because number one, we have the Zoe life in us. And then number two, we're not like half the people that are here right now that started drinking at 10 o'clock. I mean, their blood alcohol level by the end of the night's through the roof. That'd mess your face up in a lot of ways. Your liver, your pancreas, your kidneys, it'd jack you up. It'd make you look old, quick. <laughs> I mean, our education's failing. Do you understand? None of our doctors even have a nutritional class and they refuse to have one, which means they treat your body but do not know what it actually needs to be healthy. You get cancer, you're going to go to the hospital, they're going to put chemotherapy in you and chocolate pudding. And sugar will accelerate cancer growth in your body. We're going to treat you with chemo, here's a popsicle. Okay, y'all don't want to hear it, it's fine. Anyone who's on blood thinners is, is, is encouraged to not eat things like kale. Why? Because that naturally thins your blood. Maybe, doctor, instead of giving me cumin, how about I just try kale for a week? Well, I don't get paid for you taking kale. And I'm on a quota to prescribe. Oh, you only hear this. <laughs> Media is manipulated. I mean, if you haven't figured this out, man, you need to come get born again. You need to get born again. Right now. CNN does not stand for Christ's News Network. Fox does not stand for first, well, I can't even think of one to put it in a Christian perspective there, but it doesn't mean God is speaking through those people. In fact, I'm just going to tell you point blank. If anything's going on in the world and every government news outlet is saying the exact same thing, you should stop and question it. Because we are in a world we're not of, and if the whole planet agrees, that's probably not the voice of God. But all this, why is there education? Because we want to become wiser, because we're trying to get back. Do you understand right now they are harvesting organs in China? I used to have organ donor on mine. I quit that. Because now, you may be worth more for scraps. Okay. You don't want to hear that. That's fine. I mean, you could go in and they need it. And it may be that when they're like, man, they might not make it. Well, you know what? There's a lot of good organs in here. And they are organ donor. We'll make a lot more off of this person. And sell them for parts. Y'all don't see, nobody wants to hear this. That's fine. I mean, it's because we're not even thinking. Now, I'm not telling you to run and take your organ donor off. 
I just want to have the choice. <laughs> At the end of the day, especially in today's world. I mean, they're, they're pulling kidneys out of infants in China. Now, I could have brought you all kinds of report stuff. But at the end of the day, I don't even know all the accuracy of half the stuff that's out there. But I do know enough about what the Bible says and how humanity under sin functions that it's easy for me to see the depravity of man at work in certain things that I hear. You know, human trafficking is at an all-time high. In fact, the state of Florida has one of the highest human trafficking. That means right now, up and down the interstate, are young girls and boys that are kidnapped and being hustled around uh, um, to be used of their body. While you're driving, they could be in a vehicle. What kind of human being sells children? Today, we don't even know who we are. I mean, we have clashes of culture. Nationally speaking, I'm talking like, you know, nations to nations, but then we have it in ethnic groups. But then we have it among our own ethnicity. You can be the same color from the same state and be at war with one another. And now we have these things where people don't even know if they are who they were born to be. And they're being asked the question. Now, I admit this maybe this ain't real popular. I mean, this wasn't, you know, maybe my finest moment. But um, my associate, the associate pastor of World Life Fellowship, when he was when I was on staff there, he had a couple of twin boys. Josiah and John, right? John and Josiah? John and Josiah. I mean, they were identical twins. And I'd say, hey, boys, come into my office. And they come in. I'd say, now listen. Or one would be, or both of them. I'd do this on occasion. I'd say, hey, how do you know you're John? <laughs> I mean, you look just like him. Maybe you're actually Josiah and you're John. No, no, I'm John. How do you know that? I mean... How can you tell? Right? Obviously, it's like a joke, but this is before. How do you know you're a girl? What's your pronoun? What's my pronoun? Wow. Again, this is identity issues. And this is the very thing that the devil poured out to Jesus, if you are. Well, if you are a boy, if you are a girl, your parents don't even have to know about it now. And we're like fine with this stuff. When I say we're fine with it, I mean, are we actually at school board meetings? Are we actually really praying about it? I mean, there is more airtime to relationships that the new covenant says will not inherit the kingdom of God, and yet it's at 3% less of the population, and it's even less on a global scale. Yet we act like it's the majority. This is the manipulation of media and the airways. 
Well, he is the prince of the power of the air. And now there's whole denominations saying no matter what kind of relationship you're in, God's okay with it. And they, they're obviously not reading the scriptures. Why? Because Jesus is a religion. And their Jesus is whatever they want Jesus to be. And the minute we don't talk kingdom, then it's very easy for us to make Jesus what we want. All are seeking new governments. There's the class of cultures and there's social and economic crisis globally. But you got to understand the Bible is not a democracy. The Bible is not a dictatorship. The Bible is definitely not a religious book. The Bible is about a king, his kingdom and his royal offspring. It's the only government that will exist and it's the only government that has life. It's a theocracy. It's God ruled where he gives rulership to us in the earth. Which means then he must actually be Lord. See, when, he's, when you're religious, especially when you bring in our government to your religion, well, I pick and choose what I want. Because I'm independent. I'm free. I can do what I want to do, be how I want to be. Well, not in the kingdom. No, in the kingdom, you're going to have to live a certain way. You're going to have to act a certain way. You're going to talk a certain way. And that's actually life. The devil's did lie to you and make you think that all your stuff is actually free. And here's the thing. God will let you do whatever you want to do. He'll just hold you accountable to whatever you're doing. Because he's holding the whole, all of creation to the standard of his word. And what he says in his word is what we have to line up with. And here's the thing. He's empowered us when we became new creatures in Christ, born again, that now we want to hear God. We want to be with life. We want to be a citizen. We've lost all national pride in our own personal nation. And we're losing it in the church. No one's excited about Jesus. I mean, we want to accept all kinds of religions now. All kinds of school of thoughts, like we're a better church because we're including everyone. Have you noticed in the conversation of inclusion and tolerance, those who are believers of Christ are not a part of that conversation? Because a true believer knows in the kingdom there's not inclusion. Because everything that wasn't kingdom gets left outside the door. Now, you know what the door is, right? That's the cross. That's your way of doing God your way. That gets left outside here. Because the minute you make Jesus Lord, supreme authority, then that dies, that man, that being, they're gone. And now you become a new creature in Christ. And now you're born of God. You're now a believer, a child of God who can function and operate like him. We have so much disunity in our nation because we're trying to go back without going all the way back. I'm an Irish American.
I'm an African-American. I'm a Jewish American. Well, you know, there was a time that Africa didn't exist. Ireland didn't exist. And there were bloodlines prior to that. I mean, you can go all the way back to Noah and then get yourself back to Adam. I mean, if you're going to your ancestors, just go ahead and keep going. Because then at that point, you can't stop on a continent. You got to stop at a garden. <laughs> Amen. So just go ahead and say, oh, you're my brother. I, you're in the family tree. Right? If you're born of God, you're in the family tree. Come on, you're in the family tree. And yeah, we're trying to take up cultural rituals, experiences. Oh, I finally found myself. I really, no, you ain't found just, you, only, you can only find yourself in Christ. It's the only place that can be found. And we got a whole book of history of our family members that done phenomenal great exploits. And we're trying to find just natural people today that are just a few generations back to give us some kind of sense of belonging. Well, I belong because I'm in Christ. I belong because Christ called me. I belong because he pulled me out of something. See, I'm not a sinner, Christian. I didn't bring my old way in. It died. I left it at the door. I shut the door on it. I'm in the kingdom of God. I'm living for him. All the governments, education, business, everything is looking for the kingdom. Every conflict going on right now is just looking for kingdom. And you're in it today. How'd you get in Colossians 1.13? I close with this. And he rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. Every day I wake up and realize, thank you, Lord Jesus. For life. Life in the planet, whether I was, I have life. And since I'm in the planet, I thank you for the life that you bring to me. All the powers of heaven are made available for me. All the promises of the king and the rights of, of, that I have as a citizen are available to me. And I'm going to reign in this life. Because I'm in the government that will never leave. We'll never leave. You'll never get the kingdom of God off planet earth ever. Even the, during the tribulation, the kingdom of God will be here. Now, citizenship may be a little, a little lacking. <laughs> Could be. Could be a little lacking. Every time you get in as a citizen, they try to get you out of the planet pretty fast. But at the end of the day, we're never leaving. And ultimately, the king returns. Hallelujah. Because the Bible's about a king, his kingdom, and his royal offspring. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. From today forward, you must decide you only have one allegiance. It's to King Jesus. And the minute you do that, 
than how you vote politically, how you operate in education, how you function in business, how you live in your family, how you attend church will change. You'll no no longer be subject to what the world says. You'll only be subject to what he says. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com.